Is maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me in another edition of Your Book Garden, a copyrighted show presented by Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. I'm Tina Susedek, your host. Today, I'm excited to have USA Today bestselling author Nancy Nagel, who whips up small-town love stories with a dash of suspense and a whole lot of heart. She um, started her popular contemporary romance series, Adams Grove, while juggling a su- successful career in finance and life on a 76-acre farm. Um, she has written several Christmas books, um, two of which are part of the Hallmark Movie Channel, and actually I think it's three. Um, so we're going to be talking about, um, about that and then maybe some of her other, other books. She has over 21 books in print, not including several anthologies. I met Nancy this past June at Wild Deadwood Reads in Deadwood, South Dakota. We were both part of a popular anthology called Wild Deadwood Tales, um, where 16 best-selling authors collaborated and wrote short, short stories, both historical and contemporary, all set in and around Deadwood, South Dakota. Nancy's um, story, contemporary, is Timing is Everything. And uh, when we were out in Deadwood, we got to promote it, and we were on a, an elevator cling, and it was very exciting. So welcome, <laughs> Nancy, and it's so good to talk with you again. Thank I know you, you've been Tina. traveling a lot, so I'm glad. <laughs> and I know you've been traveling, so connecting was kind of interesting. <laughs> so, um, Before we get started about your books, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I was uh, born and raised in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and uh, later moved into Central Virginia, when my, where my husband and I had our goat farm. And now I call North Carolina home. Um, I lost my husband in 2014 and decided to give myself a new start. I took an early retirement from Bank of America, where I was a senior vice president, and packed up my mama, and she and I both moved out to North Carolina, um, just west of Winston-Salem. And uh, so that's where I, I live, and I write full-time now, and I love that. I get to do a lot more traveling for the writing instead of traveling for the bank, for the day job. So that's been a lot of fun, too. And, and even, like, going out to Deadwood where we got to meet, um, and not for the first time, as I understand, um, but, but yeah. Deadwood was so gorgeous. You know, one of those places that I'd always wanted to go. I mean, who's, you know, I, I don't know how many people from Virginia or South Carolina or North Carolina have made it out to Deadwood, South Dakota, but it is just gorgeous and so different from, you know, the, the land that's around me. So I loved being able to visit well, there. And writing the stories about Deadwood was so much fun. It was fun. And they, they were all different. And mine was historical. And uh, we got to meet some of the actors, you know, that play the Deadwood um, um what was it? The uh, the what it, oh, yeah, when they do the Jack McCall scene and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the streets. You know, and the thing about going out to Deadwood is they're now several times and there's always something new to see. You know, or not new, but something different. There's so many things to do and see out there that um are you going back this coming year? Are you gonna be able to make it? I am. I am yes, I'm already oh, scheduled. Good. I book I I decided as soon as we walked out last year I was going back this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's kind of, and, and you kind of alluded to this that um as I was you know, gathering my information for this show, all of a sudden I had this recollection of, I've met her before. I know I have. And we <laughs> met at a Barbara Vay luncheon in Milwaukee a few years ago where I was yeah. in- introduced to your granny series that you wrote with Kelsey yes. Browning. Yes. yes. And so I went and in was, and I that was... looked at the... Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say that year we did our big little free library tour you know, Kelsey Browning and I jumped in her husband's Subaru Outback. We had 500 books in oh. the trunk in, a, in one of those carriers that kind of looks like a turtleback, you know, on top of the Subaru. And oh, we went through yep. 17 states, and I think we racked up like 3,800 miles. We were gone for three months. I mean, two, not three months, three weeks. <laughs> Felt like three weeks. Oh, okay. No, like, wow. Um, but, and it, it was funny because some of our friends were like, how are you two girls going to travel together for three weeks? Only one of y'all is going to come back. But it's not true. We traveled so well together. And we had the best time. It truly was a trip of a lifetime. And every one of those little free libraries, if you're not familiar with them, uh, you know, littlefreelibrary.org will show yeah. you. Yeah, they, they'll show you. They're all over the nation. And um, mm-hmm. so we you know, plotted out these little free libraries all through these states. And all of them are different. They're so cute. And so we did YouTube videos um, of us visiting these different things. And it truly was like opening up a Christmas package every time you opened up that new little free library to see what was in there. And especially for us as authors to open it up and go, oh, my God there's our girlfriend, you know, all our writing friends are in there. And then, and then we took, made sure that we were um, good custodians and kind of cleaned up and straightened up each little, little free library that we visited and, and when we dropped our books off. Um, but the Granny series is so much fun, and we like to say it's like the Golden Girls meet Dirty Harry, only these gals are a little more <laughs> like Dirty Harry, <laughs> over 50, you yeah. know, I'm from the South, and they really are a hoot you know they're so much fun to write Kelly and I, uh, Kelsey and I have such a blast writing them and there are five full-length novels in that series in for a penny is free on digital everywhere so um, no excuse for anybody not to go ahead and read that first one um, and then fit to be tied in hot cotton under the gun give me some sugar uh, are the other titles and then there's actually a couple little novellas that um, are the romance of the local sheriff. Since these books are not romance books, we we actually called them the Granny series coming out of the gate, but most people call them the G-Team Mysteries because they end up kind of, you know, forming this group with the G-Team because they're solving these little crimes like, um, you know, uh, art forgery and there was a a dating website, online dating scam. And so they're kind of, you know, white-collar crimes. (laughs) They're not solving dead body kind of crimes. But they're a lot of fun, and I love those girls. (laughs) You know, and I just realized I I haven't read Under the Gun or Give Me Some Sugar. I've only read three of them, so I'm going to have to uh, get those. Yeah, you uh, will. I can read them. how, do, how long have you been writing? You know, I didn't write my first book to actually turn it into a book um, until I turned 40. 
I had always kind of scribbled some short stories. They really weren't short stories. They were like parts of a big novel that I never finished. I'd always scribble stuff down. And, and I was a programmer back in the days when, you know, we did everything on that 14, 7, 8 by 11 green bar paper. And it took a couple hours oh, for your program <laughs> to yeah. compile. And most of the time it didn't compile. It compiled with errors and you had to do it again. Oh. And so I would type them out, you know, you'd print them out on that big paper. And so I never really thought about being an author, you know, for a living. I just, it just never crossed my mind. I was in, in technology forever. And um, when I turned 40, my position with Bank of America in technology um, included me having to offshore a lot of jobs. And it was absolutely the right thing to do, you know, from the corporate standpoint and was a good business decision. But from a personal standpoint, I wasn't very happy about it. And so I, I really began doing a lot of soul searching. I think we all do when we turn 40. Um, but I did some soul searching about what, what did I really want to be known for, right? And it certainly was not sending American jobs offshore. So um, I started thinking about who had the biggest impacts on me. And through the tough times in my life, I always turned novels. You know, they're a great escape. They're a great way to renew hope to kind of get your feet back under you and muster some strength to make the steps that you need to take. And I thought, you know, if I could write one novel like that, then it, that I would make a difference. That, that's all I want to do. And so I sat down, and the first novel that I started was um, As Luck Would Have It. And As Luck Would Have It, it was the worst book in the whole wide world. <laughs> <laughs> it included. We all feel that way about our first book. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. No, it really is that bad. And, it, and the funny thing is that there were a lot of good things in there. There were, but I crammed everything that I ever thought would make a good story in that one book. So okay. um, little snippets <laughs> and, and pieces of it are in Sweet Tea and Secrets and in Pecan Pie and Billy Lies and in Barbecue and Bad News. There's little pieces of it that did make it into other stories. But my first book that was ever published was Sweet Tea and Secrets set in the small town of Adams Grove in Virginia, and um, it was 2011 when that book came out, the first of six in Adams Grove, and it definitely is um, was a little bit of a twist because it wasn't your standard contemporary small town romance. It has a, a little suspense thread through it, and um, I had so much fun writing it, and I it was very popular for, right out of the gate. So I started thinking, wow, I guess I'm going to be able to write more books. And um, so, yeah, so <laughs> here I am. <laughs> so what what There's is your – I mean, you, you've been on the road a, a lot, and we'll get into that a little bit more later, but yeah. how do you find – are you getting any writing done while you're traveling? It's a little. <laughs> well, and I really had to refine my process because in the beginning – I always came up with my characters, and I kind of knew at a high level what the story was going to be. But I just kind of wrote scenes when I had a time and when I had a chance to do it. You know, most of the time on flights, you know, especially the cross-country flights for the bank and things like that, or in my spare time. And then I'd kind of weave them together into a story. But I wasn't a big plotter. And what I found was that when I actually started having multiple deadlines and things like that, that whole pincer thing just wasn't going to work. So now yeah. I heavily plot. And, you know, I, I know what each of the scenes are that need to be written. So I, I can pretty much guarantee no matter how much I'm on the road or what's going on that I can carve out a couple 20-minute slots. And so I generally write those books in little 20-minute snips of time uh, because wow. I can always fit that much time in. And then, like, after this trip, I've been in Dallas 
um, Texas area. And um, when I get home tomorrow, I'll probably sleep. <laughs> and then the next day I'll yeah. just head down and just write and not get disturbed. And I like it to be quiet and all that stuff. And I'll catch up um, catch up then do you, so, do, you and, do you have do you have set hours that you sit down and say okay I'm writing from nine to five or how I do you don't. I, no I mean I did that when I was juggling the daytime job but since I retired in 2014 I don't do that one of the promises I made myself when I lost my husband and that was unexpected it was a you know we found out in October that he had stage four lung cancer and he was gone in January oh. and it was a big oh, wake-up wow. call for me because I had you know, as with that you know big corporate job, there were a lot of um, holidays and events and things like that that I missed because I was concentrating on my career. And one of the things I promised myself was I was going to do the things that I loved and that would make a difference, and I wasn't going to miss important things. So no, I don't have any set times because if my mama needs me to do something or my fiance's six-year-old has a soccer game, then I want to be able to do that. And so I've been trying really hard to keep that kind of balance and flexibility in my schedule. And, um, you know, if I want to go horseback riding on a weekend, you know, if I'm not on deadline, then we we need to be able to go. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and it makes for a healthier, more rounded, happier life, I think. It does. And you know what else? I think it makes my stories better because I'm experiencing a lot of new and exciting things, and those those things end up in the books, you know. Um, (laughs) You know, I took two weeks and went to Alaska a few years ago, and after that Alaska trip, you know, during the Alaska trip, um, I went on a glass blowing excursion, and it was such a cool experience. And you know, as this glass blower is showing me how to, you know, roll the glass and incorporate the colors and all that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so different than I expected. I mean, you have to be strong and there's just a lot more to it than just art, right? And so, you know, in my next book, every uh, Until Tomorrow, I have a glassblower hero and he lives in Alaska. And of course, I make him move back to North Carolina to be with the girl, but (laughs) (laughs) because that's what I get to do. (laughs) Yeah. So you're not going to make her move to Alaska, huh? Heck no. It's going to be where it's warm. Uh, but, but I did get to have, you know, this big, beautiful home that he built in Alaska and how his glass was displayed and she gets to visit there. And so you get to visit during the book in Alaska at home and your jammies in the warm, warm Carolina or wherever you are. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. And those are things that I probably never would have had the chance to do if, if I hadn't made those changes in my life. So um, I think, think it definitely opens up a lot of um, – new ideas and, and inspires a lot of things that I never would have thought of. Well, that's, that, that's good. That's, I mean, you sound happy. You sound, you know, very vitalized, very energized. I am. <laughs> Which is cool. Well, let's get to your book or books, your Christmas books. Um, you've had some really exciting, what, last year, or I don't know how long this whole process took. Um, and I don't know where exactly to start. Well, this most recent book, Christmas Joy, was released October 18th. And um, I'm just going to let you talk about it uh, and about okay. this, what, what everything, everything that has happened to you with these Christmas books and what's going to happen to you. And I'll just sit here and listen to you because so, it's very interesting <laughs> and, it and is exciting. A, it's a convoluted, braided timeline, that's for sure. I'm not sure where to start either. So Christmas Joy actually <laughs> came out in 2016. 
And um, they re-released it this year in mass market paperback um, because along the way, the Christmas Joy was optioned by Crown Media, which is, you know, Hallmark. Um, So the book hadn't even been written. It was the holidays of 2015, um, and the Christmas note was on Hallmark. And I was tweeting about it and doing a Facebook pajama party. And the Christmas note tweeted me back and said, hey, thanks for building Buzz. And I was like, oh, you're welcome. I love Hallmark. And I've always loved Hallmark. I'm just, you know, I watch all the movies all the time. And I'd be okay if those are the only channels I had. (laughs) Now, my mom wouldn't like that because she also wants to add HGTV for a mixture of flavor in the football games. But for me, Hallmark is plenty. (laughs) And um, so they they tweeted me back and said, well, we didn't realize you were an author. Maybe one day your book will be a movie. And I said, a girl can dream. And a couple weeks later, my agent got a call from Crown Media um, asking about Christmas Joy. And my editors had had that book since the previous May, but we hadn't even edited it yet. So um, my agent got on the phone with my editor. We got it edited very quickly, got it to Crown Media. um, And they ended up optioning that book. And I can't even begin to tell you how exciting that was for me. And I knew (laughs) it was a long shot of whether it would ever become a movie. I mean, lots of books get optioned. And so, I mean, I was just yeah. thrilled that it was optioned, and especially Hallmark. I mean, that's that was just my dream. And um, so the following Valentine's Day, um, well, I guess between that, Hope at Christmas had come out, and then um, the following Valentine's Day, I got a phone call from my agent that they were getting ready to put Christmas Joy into production. And so I knew it was really going to be a movie and Hope at Christmas um, was optioned at that point too. And so things have been really this crazy whirlwind. Um, Before they ever filmed Christmas Joy, I was also asked to write the novel adaptation of the Hallmark Christmas original movie, Christmas in Evergreen. Um, And that was the perfect Hallmark original movie for me to write the novelization of because it's, you know, this country girl, she's a veterinarian, she's driving her grandpa's old truck, I love old trucks. I love that I truck. I live on a goat farm. <laughs> yes, a I cool love that truck. truck too. I've got the ornament, I've got the t-shirt, i got, you know, everything. And um, so it was the coolest process because when I got that offer, I was like, okay, well, this is so backwards, I have no idea, but it's supposed to be such a piece of cake, Right. Well, it was not a piece of cake. I mean, I watched it 50 times at least, but I still watched it this year every time it's been on so far because it's such a great movie. Um, but, you did know, they, you did they give the you script. the script? Okay. They did, but it wasn't in Word. It was like a PDF, right? So I had to convert it from a PDF picture, you know, to letters and, and bring it into Word. And so I formatted the uh, all the dialogue, and I thought, okay, I'll be halfway way there. Well, you're not halfway there because it's 20,000 words of dialogue, and that's all you got. So um, oh, I had to start layering in, you know, the town, the oh. smells from the kitchen, you know, the Chris Kringle kitchen, you know, what the air feels like. And then there were things like there's a Jersey cow that's, you know, pregnant, and the, the farmer's really worried, and he keeps calling her back <laughs> to check on him. And then when she has she calves, it's a little Holstein calf. And I'm like, huh, well, I wonder why she had a Holstein calf. So I was able to put in some backstory, you know, where I gave the farmer this in vitro program, and that's why it was so important for him to have his regular vet <laughs> there to deliver. Okay. And, um, it, it was just fun. You know, I got to give them a little bit of backstory. I got to 
um, even more exciting uh, was that I got to add an epilogue, what happened after the movie ended. So oh. that was a lot of fun to, for me to go, okay, well, now this is what happened, you know, the following Christmas with the, these folks or the following fall. And um, so that was a whole lot of fun. I was just, it, it was so eye-opening for me to see, because I had never even really seen a, a screenplay or a real script. So looking at that and understanding kind of how they make a movie was very eye-opening. Um, and it made me also understand why so many movies that I see that I'm like, but they're not even like the book or oh, sure, you know, they've left all this stuff out. Well, yeah, they don't have room for all that stuff. <laughs> so I'll be much more forgiving in the future when I watch a movie from a book and understand that they really have to capture the essence of the the book and you know capture those key elements and the big turns to be able to even fit them in a movie. Um, and what you see on the screen is just so different than what you can do in words. Well, didn't you say, didn't you tell me when we were in Deadwood that, um, well, you did get to go to the movie set for Christmas Joy, and didn't they leave one of the characters out? They did, from the, from yes. The book? So yeah. <laughs> they did. So when I went to the set for Christmas Joy, oh, it was the most amazing experience. First of all, they were filming my favorite scene from the whole book um, and, and a very special Christmas ornament of Joy's gets broken. And I, it was so crazy to me that as soon as I sat down to watch them film something, that's what they were filming. And um, oh. you know, they had the snow piled around and, you know, guys with wheelbarrows full of snow were replenishing that all day. People were moving in and out. It is so well choreographed the way these, people move in and out with the props and the stuff and the snow and the electrical cords. And I mean, it was just so impressive for me to watch all that stuff come together. Um, but yeah, I brought little presents for everybody. I was so excited. You know, I brought signed books and then I brought a little taste of North Carolina for them, you know, some Dewey's cookies and stuff like that and Black Mountain chocolate. And, um, and I had a special gift for Molly, the little girl in the book. And I think, you know, she adds a lot to the story because it's it's a big yeah. arc for, for Joy, who wasn't, you know, very not much into kids. Um, but this little girl really opens her up and opens her heart up, and I think that was pretty cool. And um, Ben, you know, is also really captivated, and you see him just really be able to interact with this little girl. Um, but, yeah, she's not even in the movie. So I had this little gift with this little lunch bag with a little rabbit hand-painted on it because that's what she had in the movie. And I was like, well, who's playing Molly? And they're like, well, there isn't a Molly in this version. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'll be and I, and I, like, I was a little disappointed at first, but I, I've seen the I movie. Love, I love it. Everybody hopefully has. <laughs> I, I, I love in the book how she confuses Molly. When her aunt yes, tells her to take care of Molly, and she yes. thinks it's the bunny, and it's not. I said that yes. cracked me up. I thought that was funny. Well, and I think it's so funny because she's got this whole kind of, I run, more, I run, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of marketing research stuff. How hard will it be to handle a few animals, you know? And and so yeah, yeah when Aunt Ruby is so worried about Molly. Joy thinks it's the bunny on the back porch, and then you know the then the <laughs> noise is coming down the hall, and she's thinking, "Oh my gosh, it's the goats they've gotten in the house, and it's not. It's this little girl running down the hall towards her, and that's the other Molly." <laughs> no, I, 
thought that was funny. So I definitely, you know, missed it at first in the book, but in the movie, I mean, the movie certainly picks up the main story and it's so heartwarming. And I think that Daniel Panabaker and Matt Long do such a good job. I mean, there's great chemistry there. I think the banter is wonderful. And there are some great lines in that movie that I did not write. I wish I had. Uh, (laughs) I even went back and looked. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's a great line. I don't remember writing. And I was like, yes, if I didn't, the screenwriter did. And she did an awesome job. So I thank her for that. (laughs) Well, that's got to be hard taking a full-length novel and getting it into a movie. I mean, the opposite of what you had to do. You know, what do I keep? Yeah. What do I leave? You know, what? what I, yeah, that's got to be difficult too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be a really hard thing to do. Um, yeah, because especially in, you know, the novels, the characters are so intertwined. You know, each of the arcs affects, you know, the next person's arc. And, yeah, it's hard to unwrap some of those things. And there was a boyfriend yeah, in Christmas Joy that's not there. And there were a couple of little things that absolutely I'd throw this away if I were rewriting. If I was writing the screenplay, I would throw this away too. But there was a fun um, journey when they pick out the trees for the cookie crawl. She and Ben go to this Christmas farm, Christmas tree farm, and there's like the old truck out there with trees in the back, and they're on the honor system. You just leave the money in the glove box. You know, and that's another one of those kind of heartwarming, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. And it, um, that that's really happens. I mean, it still happens. It does, yeah. I live in. Yep. Oh, yeah. They had, when uh, we were getting our Halloween pumpkins, we got four pumpkins, and I think it ended up being about 60 bucks. And so we were, they had a little mailbox there. And when I went to put my $60 in there, oh, my gosh, there must have been five inches of cash in there. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. And you're like, this is awesome. But it makes you feel so good. And I don't know. It's just great to know that there's there's good and trustworthy people out there. It's still going on, yeah. you know, all around us. And uh, yeah, gives you a little renewed hope. <laughs> I know up here there's a lot of places, you know, when you go up to where the campgrounds and stuff, and people will have wood yeah. at the end of their driveway, and just you exactly. know they'll have the price, and you just leave the money there. And um, yes, yeah. yeah. you know. And it must work. And nobody would think about it. just ripping them off. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I think you have to give give a little trust to get a little. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what was what was your favorite part of the whole? Because you went to Canada, didn't you? For the with, these are filmed in Canada. I did. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christmas Joy and Hope at Christmas were both uh, filmed in Vancouver, um, in different parts of Vancouver. Um, the main that where I visited and for Christmas Joy was the Pitt Meadows area, which was just gorgeous. I, I'd never seen that part of Vancouver. I'd been there on business for the bank, which you know in the city, and um, out in Pitt Meadows there was like curvy roads and these blueberry farms, and it was just gorgeous countryside that I had never seen. And so you know several parts were filmed out there. Most of the things about Ruby's house were filmed out there, and I was only on the set one day for Christmas Joy. Um, and I remember when they fired up the snow machines and I was sitting in video village, which is really kind of a 10 by 10 black tent where all the video or the, you know, screens are for the directors to watch. And all of a sudden those, those snow machines fire up and the snow feels so real. And of course, I'm not even all that familiar with snow being from North Carolina. We don't get that much of it. (laughs) I was wondering Um, about that. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. I don't know what big snow is, but I mean, it was falling on my leaves and 
here I'm seeing, you know, scenes that I made up in my mind and had have had in my mind a few years now come to life right in front of me. And I mean, I just sat there and cried. And it was it was beautiful, you know. And they were like, "Well, how do you, what do you think?" I'm like, "I love it. I love it. It's just gorgeous." And we were so fortunate. Balsam Hill was um, one of the big sponsors of that movie, and the trees and the wreaths and the greenery and the ornaments were so gorgeous, just so gorgeous. I had to up my game at my own trees this year. Seeing <laughs> <Just laughs> those, they were so pretty. I can't imagine just having to decorate all that stuff because, you know, when you watch the Hallmark movies, I was at my son's um, a couple of weeks ago watching my grandkids, and I don't get cable yeah. here, but they, they do there. It's like, I binged. <laughs> I totally <laughs> girl. On, on Hallmark <laughs> movies. And it's like, man, I mean, the sets are, you know, are are beautiful. It's like, that, that takes a lot of oh, time yeah. just doing all that decorating. It does. I mean, that's kind of where that whole choreography thing comes in. I mean, there's a lot of people behind putting those beautiful sets together. And, um, you know, I got to, I was on set for five days during um, Hope at Christmas. So I got to see a lot more and a lot more scenes get put together and met the set designer who did amazing work. And, you know, it's just, it's really just mind boggling to see, you know, a sunny summer street turn into a beautiful winter wonderland. And it truly does. Well, it's funny that you said that snow feels real because when you watch it, it's like, well, is that that you know fakey, fakey stuff? Or but it's real. Is it real snow then that you're using, or just well, and for for Christmas joy, they had um, big dump truck full of snow that they had brought down from the mountains. Someone said, um, and oh. then they had wheelbarrows that they were kind of wheelbarrowing it around. So yeah, they they bring in good stuff. <laughs> Wow. So what time? Maybe what time that's another you reason they do it in Canada. So yeah, um, Christmas Joy, I was yeah, that, Christmas Joy, I was there in April, and Hope at Christmas filmed in September. And uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So it yeah, it was it was great. Wow. I had a I had a question, and now it just went out of my head. Um, <laughs> Tired. Um, I'll tell you a funny story while you, oh, you got it? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have it written down here. So go ahead and tell me the story and I'll circle this. I'll put my pen on it and my glasses. (laughs) (laughs) So I've I've had this thing that I do to celebrate when my books come out and I've done it since the beginning, mostly because I love Brighton stuff. Um, I'm very fanatical about the few things that I really love, you know. Hallmark, Brighton, <laughs> and then Soma pajamas. Yeah, I mean, I am just crazy about those three things. I would never change. Um, but so I give my get myself a charm from Brighton for every book that comes out. You know, so oh. I've got the little teacup for Sweet Tea and Secrets. I've got the little pecan pie slice for pecan pie and dilly lies. You know, so I, I get all these. You know, the, the music ornament for uh, Out of Focus, and you know, so I get a different one for every book, and. Of course, I've already gotten charms for these books that have been turned into movies. But I'm thinking, well, I need a charm for the movies too. So uh, after I, you know, went on set for Christmas Joy, and then I went on set for Hope at Christmas, um, they both have snowmen in them, and they're big, big giant snowmen. So I ended up buying myself the snowman ornament to represent my Hallmark movies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Big oh, fun. That's cute. You know, your bracelet's <laughs> got to be getting full because you have a lot of books out. It is. 
it's very jingly, yeah, and it's really hard to wear because it makes so much noise. <laughs> but I love it. It's got to be getting heavy too. You'd be walking like you know, one arm down lower than the other. <laughs> um, okay, the the one the thing the thing I want to talk about was you were on Hallmark's Home and Family um, show also. I was. So um, yeah, they flew me out to LA um, on Halloween actually. And we taped the Home and Family show. It aired on Friday before the premiere. So it aired on the 2nd of November. And um, yeah, there's still a link out there to the Home and Family episode that you can bring up and see. It was amazing. Um, everybody there, it, actually everybody that I have interacted with at Hallmark Publishing, at Crown Media, on the sets, at Home and Family, I mean, they seriously live that brand. I mean, people are so kind and generous and real. It is just so refreshing. It is, I'm, it's been such a joy for me, and I'm so proud to be, you know, affiliated with them. Uh, it's, it's remarkable. I love it. Uh, but they treated me really good. Everybody was so nice. I felt so at ease. And the set there was beautiful. They have all their trees, of course, set up. And I got to stand behind the kitchen uh, counter there where they bake cookies and wonderful desserts and foods and stuff all the time, which was exciting for me. And I stood in front of the wall of mailboxes where they get their mail in. <laughs> so all the little things that I get to watch on Home and Family, I actually got to stand in front of. I was totally giddy, I'm sure, but I, it was so much fun. And it was especially exciting because Cameron Matheson, of course, you know, is the co-host with Debbie. And Debbie is from Richmond, Virginia, so she and I were like Virginia sisters. But Cameron Matheson starred in The Christmas Ornament, and that is my favorite Hallmark movie. I know from a personal perspective a lot of it has to do with the timing that it came out. Um, But Kelly Martin um, and Cameron Matheson, you know, are the stars of that movie, and she's just lost her husband, and she's trying to kind of get her legs underneath her. Oh. And I just really identified with that because it was I had just gone through the same thing. And uh, so to meet him was really exciting for me. And you'll probably remember that movie in that um, she's making cookies, and he wants to have this Christmas tree farm, and um, he and she loses her mittens all the time. So he gives her a wreath of gloves and mittens that these old ladies make. And when he does that, it's just, oh, I love it. But he did the I Love oh. Christmas on the on the show that day for me, and I, <laughs> I just loved every well, second so, of it. <laughs> he's, so, he's so cute anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. And so nice, you know, and tall. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's very Is tall. he really? Of course, I'm very short. Yes, yes, he's very tall. <laughs> and <Wow>. thick. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, I think, the one that I watched. Um, the home and family when I was binging, um, he was talking about how to keep your, how to reduce your stomach and you hold your, your breath abs. in and you, your, your abs or something yes. like that. And I was like, so I find myself doing that going, and it was so funny because everybody was doing it and they're holding their breaths and all of a sudden you hear this. Oh, I know. You know. I remember that episode too because Debbie was doing it and she was, she was kind of making these faces where she was holding her breath so yeah. hard, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm doing yeah. it right now. And you couldn't even tell. And she's doing it and you're thinking, I would be able to tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's I, a great I show though. In my, in, in my mind, knowing that they, that they, 
do make the movies in Canada. I was thinking that the show was filmed in Canada, but you just said that you went to L.A.? Yeah, yeah, I filmed in L.A. Oh, oh. And not all the movies are filmed in Vancouver. I mean, a large part of them are, oh. but um, the, some of them are not. Um, and, in fact, I think I think one of the Hallmark Hall of Fame movies was just filmed in Georgia. So um, they oh. go where, where they think it's best. I think that's how they end up making the best movies. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I really, I was so tempted to get cable. I'm, I'm having knee surgery next next week, and so I'm gonna be laid up. Oh, and it's no. like, okay, if I can get this Hallmark Channel on my computer, and if I plug it into my TV, and then I can just binge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think yeah. it should be part of the health plan. <laughs> I did, there you go. <laughs> they should have Hallmark Channel. It's part of our deductible or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. It's definitely well, good for the heart and reducing stress. I think they should. They should. We probably need to get know? that in front of somebody. <laughs> I know it does wonders yeah, sure for me. They, yeah, yeah. I know. It's like when I was at my son's, I'm like, I really need to get some stuff done. I need to edit this book. And it's like, oh, one more show. Just one more show. <laughs> just one more. That's right. Show. I'm always like, yeah. this is feeding my muse. It's okay. I always uh, can justify yeah. watching a few more hours of homework. <laughs> I think the one night I stayed up, I stayed up to like 2 o'clock in the morning. It was just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Turn it's it off. easy to do. It it's easy to do. <laughs> well, the kids are going, why are you yawning so much? It's like, well, because I was watching TV. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I kind of look at you. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I asked you. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so you'll have to get with them again um, Sunday through Tuesday because Sunday, Christmas and Evergreen, the second one, Letters to Santa comes on. That premieres on Sunday. And then this, my second movie, based on my book, Hope at Christmas, premieres Tuesday on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries at 9. So you'll have to find somewhere to watch those. <laughs> yeah, i got to say that. Well, if I'm having the surgery on Tuesday, I don't, well, you know, they might have Hallmark oh. Channel at the hospital. <laughs> oh, I guarantee they have it at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> You're in good shape. Awesome. You will heal yeah, so there fast. For a days. <laughs> They're going to come and say, and turn Ryan the TV Katie. off, Tina. <laughs> No, they won't. No, they won't. You'll say, Ryan TV is starring in this with Scotty Thompson. I have to watch it. I'm going to heal faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my therapy. Exactly. I can move my leg as I'm watching it. I can do my exercises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Absolutely. We've got about five minutes left. Um, I know you have okay. another book, um, Dear Santa. And I'm wondering, are we going to see that in the future on Hallmark? We don't know yet. I hope so. They've got it. They're they're reading it. So I really hope so. I love that book. Um, it is a holiday retelling of You've Got Mail um, that is set on the Outer Banks of North Carolina in a fictional town. Um, and the heroine is running um, a Christmas shop that's in an old uh, decommissioned lighthouse and it is mm, the neatest wow. quaintest little store and she's got good specialty items you know high quality good stuff and Christmas galore has come to town and that darn Jeff Baisley uh, <laughs> is hurting her business <laughs> um, so there's a lot of beats they're very similar to You've Got Mail but it's got its own twist 
too. So I think people that love You've Got Mail will really, really like it, and I think they'll appreciate the changes um, and that make the story its own. But I had so much fun writing it, and I love the little town and the store, and I love the ending and, and what happens with Angela and Jeff in this story. So I hope people will pick it up. And um, there's a lot going on in that book, so I'm not sure – um, how it will do um, in a movie. I think it still would be just as lush and wonderful um, as these other two that they've made. And uh, I would really love that. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, don't know. Well, you know, for someone who has, you know, I, I live in northern Wisconsin and I've I've lived in right. northern Wisconsin for most of my life. And it's it's hard to, for me, it's hard to me, for me to visualize a Christmas movie set in warm temperatures you know yeah well well, how they gonna make how they gonna make that no (laughs) that's right (laughs) well in there um in the store um the heart of christmas is her store's name um they actually have a snow village that they decided instead of trying to have a christmas tree sale you know that she's created this snow village and they've brought in a snow machine and have made all this snow and and they have uh snow castle snow um, sculpture competition and all kinds of good stuff in the snow village. So there's definitely some snow. And although there's not Ooh, a lot okay. of snow in North Carolina on the coast, um, we definitely have had our flir- share of flurries um, in the December, January, February time frame. So, yeah, we'll see. That could be another deciding factor on whether they'll pick it up as a movie or not, too, because there's nothing better than snow and Hallmark, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and there are lighthouses where it is cold, you know. That's they, true. You know, that is true. Can't have snow. You know, they could set it in um, Maine or you know somewhere sure. up there. You know, you tell you <laughs> tell them I said that. wherever you want to go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, and another fun thing of, um, about Dear Santa is each of the chapters open um, with a little Dear Santa letter from a child in the chapters that are in Jeff's point of view and in the chapters that are in Angela's point of view, you have some little um, historical kind of quote of the day from her about the town. So those are real fun openings. Everybody seems to be enjoying that. Well, um, I just want to let everybody know, we don't have much time left, that you you write more than just the Christmas books and the Granny series. You also write contemporary um, romance set in small towns. And I did read Life After Perfect, um, which I I enjoyed. I loved how you made um, Katie Barcliffe such a strong, a strong woman. I mean, to, to, you know, leave her husband and to stand up against him was, I was, you know, cause yeah. a couple of times it's like, please, no, don't go back to him. Please. No, don't you know, back, and I was don't just like, go. Oh, yeah. don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't she do definitely that. had you know? to be strong. I love that story. And, um, and that was the story I wrote, um, the year I lost my husband. So that was, oh. that story is what helped me be strong through that year too. So it is a very, very special book to me. Um, so hearing you say you liked it makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. You know, and one of the problems I have with interviewing authors on my radio show is I keep wanting to read, keep wanting to read more of their books, you know. But then I need to read the books for the next, you know, radio show for like, the next oh one. <laughs> Yeah, you and know, it's funny it's like, they won't let you more. Just do one interview a month, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I do too. So, <laughs> so it's about the time I get done. It's like, oh, no, I got to read this one, which I'm That's not right. complaining. I mean, <laughs> right, 
It's a good problem to have. Very good problem to it have. Is. It is, yes. I, I, I love having this problem. So it's just that my TV red pile just keeps, you know, I interview somebody, I'm like, oh, i got to go get some more of their books. And, you know, yeah. I want to read more of them. And, you know, but it's like, oh, okay. I keep thinking I'm going to get a lot of reading done when I'm laid up, but it's like, uh, we'll see. <laughs> so, But, you know, um, here's one thing I, ha- I say about the, the books that are on your TV red pile. There have been a lot of books that, people will say, oh, they love it, and I kind of open it, and then I don't have time or I don't read it, and then I read it two years later. And But when I pick up the book, it's like it's the right time for me to have picked up the book. There's always a message or something in it that really clicks with me. So I think sometimes those uh, TV red piles stack up because the right time in our life hasn't popped up, and they just haven't lined yeah, up right. So I just that's trust a, that. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we only have about a we only have about a minute left, so um, I want to thank you so much for um, being on my show and um, hearing you. all about this process of getting the movies made. And um, uh, they just told me 60 seconds, and I'm like, I lose my track of my train of, <laughs> train of thought. Here we go. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in Deadwood in June again. So um, you have a uh, happy – and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And a happy Thank new you. year and um Merry take care. I will. Okay. Thank you for having and, me on. Okay. Um and please join me um November twenty seventh when I will have Sarah Dahman, uh, another Wisconsin author on my show. And she's got a little interesting twist um to what she does um besides write her books. So take care and until then, read on my lovelies. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord. Somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Somebody to love. Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. Somebody to love. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.